Hi, this is Rich Buckler. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was, was on the bullseye. Hey, it's just uh, that's fine. You're hearing it. I'm doing it. You're hearing it. I, as long as you tell me it sounds good, well, then I'm aces. So it, it's, you know, it's it's relative. What seems to sound good could be doctored post to make it sound good. So ah, true. As long as it doesn't infringe upon the the forbidden zone, then we're good. And the secret you've been doing for me for 675 episodes. It would be so much easier if I just had one woohoo, but then that's so disingenuous. It's so fake and canned, and uh, no, it just uh, I, I, we can't we can't yeah, do that. I still remember the second episode. You counted down, and you're like, "What the fuck, bro?" And I'm like, "What?" And you're like, "Where was that?" I'm like, "I thought you were just gonna like cut Ooh, and paste." That's so lame. So it's just so nah. it's, we got to do it. There's no we passed the point of no return. If we were going to do that, we would have done that fucking. Twelve years ago. So. What's what's the point of pre-recording a ritual, right? You go into wherever your little space is and you press the button and it, the ritual plays and like, okay, guys, let's go. Like that's so weak and and it it, it's just it's not right. You got to have right. a live one every time. Don't bring that weak game around here. Truth. We all doing good. Gigi. <laughs> this is a relative question, isn't it? Are your <laughs> is your is your head on fire? No. All right. It's a good day. Yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, well. Right. We're, <laughs> we are, <laughs> we are, uh, straight employed white men. Yes. So, yeah, we're doing a lot better than a lot of other people, I guess. I got my little pen in my hand. Let the record show that for yeah. two brief seconds, Jason was at a loss for words. It <laughs> probably won't happen again. Yep. Yeah. Hey everybody, it's 11 o'clock comics, episode 675. Almost there. And I'm Vince B. Man, remember when like even 25 issues that ended in five, like 75, 25, yeah. they were like what's yeah. the anniversary issues, even though like, you just missed the two years by a month, but whatever. Yep. I'm David A. Price. That is true. And some of you know me as DWN078. But most of you know me as Strike Man. Strike Man. No, you're Jason Wood, everybody. And this is a bonus episode. Yeah, what do we mean by that? Well, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. And if we cross a certain threshold, we add episodes to the stack. And we had uh, the six episode threshold. So you got two extra ones this month. Thanks to our beautiful patrons. Uh, if you would like to get a little eagle-eye view of what goes on in the Patreon world, go to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. There you go. Yeah. Nicely done. Neat, sweet, and petite. Toyton right. Yeah. So, like a uh, David, um, let's yes. just dig something up for the sake of uh, nostalgia. You said to me, you know, if we were doing a drink roll call, I would have something really special for you. Um, what do you, what are you drinking? You you are going to plots, my friend. Oh well, unless you have absinthe, maybe I'll no. Plots. If you have absinthe, I, I would get in the car and drive to Westchester. No. Um, 
That is the sound of a can opening from Kings County Brewers Collective in Brooklyn, New York. It is Superhero Sidekicks IPA. Wow. uh, With a 6.9 alcohol, percent alcohol by volume. It's one pint. Store cold and drink fresh. Uh, The side of the bottle says Citra, Mosaic, Idaho 7, Centennial, and Cascade Hops, Barley, Wheat, and Oats. All that good stuff. So did anyone of of note, and I'm not not to downplay the the artist, but did anyone of note do the label? Uh, It is a very attractive label. It is, I, I... and when I bought the four pack, I meant to look and see if um, Kings County on their website has the artist. I will, because ah. um, I don't. Uh, no, it says is, oh original art by Earl Holloway. I will oh. take a picture of the label because it, it's it's a sticker on the can, and I have it. I have the first can I I drank. I attached the um I stuck the the label on my bookcase behind me, so I'll take a picture of it and post it in the um. In the episode thread on uh, the Slack. Now, just um, just to di- you know diverge here for a second, it's it's in the zone, but uh, not quite the same subject. Um, and it does relate to comics. But have you seen that thing on Instagram? Um, it, it, in the ad section, every couple swipes, you know, you get ads. The, I saw one where you can get a beer bottle or a wine bottle, and you put it in this device, and you clamp down the blade, and you spin it. And you can make drinking glasses out of beer and wine bottles. And it, when it makes the cut, it it um, like so. sands it down so you don't rip right. your lips off drinking on this thing. And I'm thinking, wow, how many times have we received a wine or beer bottle that has a specialty printing like right on the label? Uh, right, uh-huh. not not the label, like right on the glass, and it looks really cool. And you're like, I feel bad recycling this because it's such a it's a piece of art. This thing allows you to just zip. Make a one rotation and it makes it into a glass, and you have it uh, until your wife or, ki- or children break it. I, I think that's a that cool could, idea. Yeah, I have not. I that ha- that ad has not appeared on my Instagram. I'm, I'm same. Yeah, I'm playing now. It's actually it, right. It's actually something I find useful, and yeah. and feeds into um, my my life aesthetics. Like if I could get a beer bottle with art by someone I love and making it glass and I'll have it forever I, or, I, or a reasonable, uh, you know, facsimile, then that's I need cool. To see, I, 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 I need to go through your Instagram profile. I think it's like following $30. The, the shit that gets thrown my way. Uh, I mean, it's useful. It, it's like mostly cookware or fucking more dog harnesses, or maybe some, you know, some messenger bags and shit like that. But I, I have not seen, I have not seen that, and I, I'm very interested in that. I get a ton of artsy, craftsy, and or woodworking, or or things things related to tools. So that might, might you know, yeah, I got a busted screw. Use this little thing, and it'll take the screw right out. Or the or rabbit. the uh, uh, like a miter tool that you press against corners. And the tool conforms to the corner, so you could move it and then draw exactly on whatever you're cutting the exact shape of what the the corner is. There's amazing things out there, but I sound like Grandpa now. So I'm Jason. Jason, what are you drinking? Uh, I just opened up a, a delicious Guinness. Oh, nice! Wow. And I heard mm-hmm. a, a glass. I was all ready to pounce because if you're drinking White Claw out of a glass, 
I, I was going <laughs> to say. Oh, here, glass. No, it's a can. It's a Guinness oh, can. You, nobody poured? No, no. I mean, I didn't pour. I, no, I drank it out of a can. David. I drank this out of a can. I oh, do right. have, um, I have a little bit of rye. When this is gone, I'll sip on that until um, that's like my before bed aperitif, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. So. All right, everybody. It, it's it's an episode, but um, uh, ha, it's, it's going to be a, a, a. This is a. It's probably a fair to say the least. Not that we plan a lot, but it's the least planned episode ever. Yes, um, close to spur of the moment. I mean, it, we had kind it, of talked yeah. about doing an extra one this week. If we had time. We just, but literally, it was like, oh, we all good? Yeah, we all good. Let's do it. So, yeah, to be I, totally I mean, honest, though, um, not only. Was it because um, we didn't plan it? But I don't think any of us had the desire to plan it. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll usually mentally line up stuff right after Thursday, um, yeah. Friday morning. I'll think, well, you know, we got one coming up. What am I going to read? I want to make something exciting, something different. Um, I'll look at what I brought the the to the table the past the the previous month and like well i can't do this this and this because i already covered similar things before so i just try to line it up to make it uh, diverse and interesting and to be completely honest i didn't have the mental capacity to even think about comics the past well it's been a while but um the past couple of days in particular because of everything that's happening um i i thought it was a trivial notion like here i am thinking of about comics and there's there's people out there dying and i it, it just seemed i i couldn't find any any reason to do it other than like I'm, i didn't want to expend the thought process on that when there's so much out there that needs to be addressed right and yeah I, I, i'm sure you guys feel the same way yes i mean it's we it, 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 it's one thing to say, okay, you know, I mean, we can, yeah, you just want to talk about comics and, and we could just riff on shit. It's one thing that's, I like, listen, after the last election, you know, we were, it, we were hitting the crotch and, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, listen, you know, it'll only get better. Life goes on. We got to make, you know, so we'll just, it, that wasn't the worst thing in the world compared to it, yeah. relative, but, but what's been happening the past few days Yes, it's very hard to to say. Uh, let me just read some comics. Right. Try to, it, it's hard to escape. Um, well, just to, before you, you move on, guilty for wanting to escape. Just the first right. part. It was easier to ignore that problem because there are checks and balances in theory built mm -hmm. into our process. Yes, to stop or to at least thwart for a while that kind of stuff. How do you? There's no checks and balances for what's going on now. You're right. Yes, right. Absolutely. And and it's uh, there's there's only there's only so much you can do from the comfort of your home. I mean, you, you can participate and 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 be active if if you're so inclined. And and there's a movement nearby that that that, that you can attend. But um, it's I was, I kept flip flopping over the weekend because I'm like, on one hand, it's like, you know, do we? I, a, I just, I, I want to talk to you two and and make sure, you know, 
you guys are okay. And, 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 uh, you know, if there's not that again, we're three white dudes. There's not a lot we can, you can only say, I can only imagine how you feel so many times. And, and I don't, um, I'm not trying to, I, I'm not going to make light of this or, or, or think about how someone else feels. I, I can only worry about, I, I, de- I worry about everybody, but, but I'm, I'm mostly concerned with the people near and dear to me. And, and, and I want to mm. make sure that, that, that they're all okay. And that includes you too, of course. And, and, you know, so if, if we can just get together and shoot the shit about anything, not, not, not to take our minds off anything, but at least to just know that if, if we're going to be uncomfortable or miserable, at least we're, we're, we're doing it together. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I want to get a word in before Jason speaks because it's going to probably be an extended one. Um, and eloquently, but I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm reading the Twitters as they're coming by and I see people that I love and that I know and that I love and that I've been around that I've, I've shared meals with and handshakes and hugs and, and I, I've followed their work and I see these people tweeting these things and they're hurting. And like Sean Pryor, I, I read his tweets. He had a bunch of them. He, 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 he basically said his piece. He's like, I'm out for a little while. And, I wanted to reply to him, like, I love you, brother, right? But I, I, and, and so many people, I just wanted to reply, I, I, what do you say? I'm sorry. I feel you. I don't, I, I, I can't feel you. There's, there's, there's no way that I could understand as a, a middle-aged uh, white guy. There's no possible way I could understand what you're feeling, what you're going through. Unless I walk a mile in your shoes, and that's impossible, right? So I thought, well, I guess the, the, the least I and everyone else out there can do is to just realize, just realize what's going on, right? Realize the, the systemic racism that's alive in our country and has been for a very long time. Realize people are getting killed. Realize they don't have the same life as you. Just realize you don't have to completely understand because you never will. But at least wrap your mind around the fact that there's bad stuff going on. And these people out there, they need you. They need, obviously they can't do it alone. Did you, have you guys seen that video? It was, it was heartbreaking. Um, Two guys uh, and a younger kid. Um, and the, 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 the mouthpiece, the one that was doing the most speaking, it was arguing with a guy initially and he said, I'm 46, you're 30, whatever. This little guy is like 17. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, That's a great speech because it just shows you this has been going on for generations and it hasn't stopped and he doesn't know what to do. Not he. He said, "I'll, I'll be totally honest with you. I have no idea how to stop this, but look at the progression. 40s 30s 20s and teens like it's not stopping and i can't i can't help i can just realize that's all we can do is just realize that there's a very very dire problem out there and we have to do our part to help out i i can't say it any other way it just breaks my heart that i see people out there Daryl and just everybody that I love, they're they're just hurting. It's they're aghast because this is not 
this is not supposed to be. You know, land of the, you know, home of the free and the brave. What the hell's going on? I'm just, I'm sorry if I'm incoherent because this has been a problem. I, I cannot put words to what I'm seeing. It's that bad. I, I, I can't get those little strings of letters to make sense with what I'm seeing on the, on the Twitter. It's inhuman. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, uh, you said I was going to have a long speech. I don't really, I, I don't, uh, I, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm really of mixed minds here because, uh, I mean, we, you've both already said it, so I'm going to be redundant, but I'm hypersensitive to the fact that, like, I'm not sure three white dudes living the lives we live. Right. Like, even, I don't even know if us having an opinion matters, and I don't even know if it's I don't think it does, no. It did. You know, right? Because right. it, it's like, I, it's not about us, and, and like, I don't know, it, like, I'm just worried that, like, I, I'm worried, like, using this platform to talk about it is just going to seem like, oh, just trying to show exactly. like, how woke we are. And, yeah, I should know, say exactly. woke, yeah, woke dude. You know, and yeah. it's like, um, but I've been struggling with it, because I, I do think it's also important that the the reality of the world we're living in and the demographics are that if 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 white people like us that are living comfortable lives don't speak out about it and call call sh- shenanigans about it to our families and neighbors and associates and coworkers and the world writ large it's probably not going to change you right. know like yeah. i like i i don't like like this week was a week of enlightenment for a lot of people but it damn sure wasn't a week of enlightenment for our black friends like this is just another week in their lives, right? And so, um, I don't know, man. Like, like I, you were saying, what can we do? I mean, I think I had a lot of conversations this weekend with Daryl and Julian and Sean and you know lots of other people. I reached out to Renee, even um, you know, I, I just just really all my all my people, basically all the people in my life that I care about that are black, and just basically said like, can can we do anything? Like it, like uh, uh, like you know, I hope you know we support you. But like, is does that matter? Can, is there anything we can be doing that we can't? Um, and there's a lot we could be doing, you know. And, and I'll tell you, it's hard, and I've been guilty of it all week. It, but but like, yelling on the internet, and and like lambasting strangers on the internet isn't really helping. Like we we, <laughs> it makes us feel better, but it really isn't helping. Right. I mean, you know, helping is actively seeking out black businesses to support. You know, helping is reading critical literature written by you know black men and women about systemic racism and actually understanding their perspective in a way that versus just you know um but but again like all of that is just i guess the point is is that is that uh is that uh you know um where we are as a country is heartbreaking because uh we really aren't anywhere close to as far along as we meaning like non-black people have thought we were every day you know and and i i have to say that that um i was talking to my oldest son about this today it's a hard thing right like and again this isn't about us but but like in just in terms of the idea of systemic racism um i think we can all agree uh and and should have agreed long before this week that it, it absolutely exists unequivocally um 
But but I, I say that at 45, I don't know that I would have said that at 40. I'm almost sure I wouldn't have said it at 35. Right. Meaning that, like, I knew racism existed, but even I struggled with the idea that I was somehow complicit, you know, and cue all the right-wingers that are still listening to our show after all these years saying, oh, this is just white guilt talking, um, which is bullshit, by the way, that concept. But, um, but like, I think a lot of people are well-intended, um, but it's super hard, like, to be told that you're flawed or that you're part of a, a major problem. Because, like, nobody wants to hear that, right? Like, if you put on weight, right, you know you're putting on weight, and you may even be trying to think, like, oh, i got to work out. But if your wife walks in and says, damn, you're putting on some pounds, that just hurts. Like, you know it. Like, you're actively aware of it, and you're like, oh, shit, i got to. But, like, when she says it, it fucking hurts, right? Or, like, you know, if you're like, oh, man, I had a shitty week at work. Like, you're, you know, you're just, you're just, your head's in another place. You're like, I've really been phoning it in. But then, like, if your coworker says, dude, you're fucking dropping the ball, you want to defend yourself, right? And so, like, human nature is to believe you are the best version of yourself. So it is super hard to convince a lot of people who actively believe in their hearts that they're not racist that they're a major part of systemic racism. Like that is a very difficult thing to expect anyone to understand. Uh, and I don't think it's reasonable. There's not a, a switch that can be flipped. And I think that the problem there is that the only way you can accept that is if you're genuinely willing to listen and challenge all the assertions that you've had in your life, you know, and, and and again, I don't want this to be like, oh, we're we we figured it out, like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Like that's that's clearly not like uh, that's not true at all. I mean, there's still lots and lots of things that I'm still doing wrong that I'm not even realizing until someone points out to me. But um, but like I'm saying, the, the the reason I'm so down in the dumps about all this is that I just don't. It seems like insurmountable because I don't know. Like I don't even know that it could be fixed if you had most people willing to accept that it needs being fixed. But I think there's a lot of people, including a lot of progressive people, you know, people that vote blue and are all for lots of really great social entitlement programs and all the things that we're for. I still think they are troubled with the idea of believing they're part of the problem. And that's why I can I don't understand. Like you said, I'm not I'm not black. I, I but but in, in trying to hear what our black friends have said, I I, that's got to be a big part from from what they're saying of the frustration is that like it's not even clear it can be fixed without some kind of like sea change in the way the whole world runs and I don't know that like that just seems so hard for me to buy into so I don't know man like again I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because other than to say like we love we love y'all you know we're trying hard to hear you and to listen and you know I, I'd like to think each day we get a little better at it and I do think it's important for us to be vocal and call bullshit when we see bullshit and not back down and not get tired of it. Like, that's another thing, right? Like, I mean, this isn't the first black man that was killed in police custody. Won't be the last, right? It's like the school shootings or anything else that, that up, up outrages us. Unfortunately, we're creatures of these 24-hour news cycles, and it's human nature. We get so pissed off and fired up in the moment until the next thing comes along that, that distracts us for good or for bad. And then the well, next thing. It's orchestrated to do that. No, I understand. That's all part yeah, of it, right? Like, right. you know, Killer Mike um, gave an amazing speech. Great. Uh, yeah. A couple nights ago out in Atlanta. And um, 
I encourage anyone that hasn't seen it to go ahead and just Google Killer Mike Atlanta and see the speech. It's about nine minutes. Um, it's more eloquent than anything our president said in his 70 plus years on the earth. Um, he could go up there and, and just make just noises facts. and it would be, yeah. And it was extemporaneous and from the heart. And for those that don't know, Killer Mike is a well-known rapper, TV personality. He's a great show on Netflix, by the way. Um, he's a complex dude. He is a, he's a, he's a, he is an advocate, a, uh, staunch advocate, advocate for the second amendment which runs anathema to most of the things you would think he otherwise stands for. Um, but he's the son of a cop. He's a, from a cop family. Yet, you know, he goes by Killer Mike, and, you know, he's... Uh, my point is, is it's... The thing I like about him is he's a complex person. He's not cookie-cutter. You, you think you know... It, you just, it, whether you like him or don't like him, you think you, know, you haven't figured out. He's definitely not someone you can just figure out at first glance. And I gave a really eloquent speech, and it had a lot of things in it. And I can't say that the first time I listened to it, I agreed with everything he said. I'm not sure I agree with everything he said in, in this moment. But I heard what he said, and it, it, it definitely gave me food for thought. And, uh, you know, I, I think we need voices like that, and we need to listen to them. Like, we need to just shut up and listen to them. Right. And then process it, you know? Um, well, well, that like goes not, back not to... Like, and, what's that? No, go ahead. Finish. No, I was going to say, and, and, and not... Another thing is is we all like to talk, obviously, that's why we do the show. We like to debate. I think if you're on places like Twitter, you like to debate. Culturally, we've been we've been turned into a society that likes to debate and argue because of social media. It's it's made that far worse or far more prevalent. And we all wanna we all wanna we wanna we all wanna have a say. And sometimes that say is like, yeah, I agree. And plus, and you wanna add your layer on, or it's no, you're wrong because, or yeah, but, well, I, this isn't the time for any of that, like, to me. Like, this is, like, this is just a, you all speak, and I'm going to listen, and if I can help, you let me know how I can help, because I'm there to help, you know? But, like, I don't have the solution, and I damn sure have no right to, like, annotate your viewpoints and tell you where you're right or wrong or where there's nuance that you're missing. Like, feel how you're going to feel. And, uh, yeah, I don't, you know, I live my life trying to find solutions and solve problems and be analytical. And, uh, this is a super frustrating time in that for me, cause as I'm sure for many, because I don't, I don't have any answers. I, I really don't, you know, and, and again, I, for those of you that are my Facebook friends, I, I put a thing on Facebook. I mean, I, my dad is a retired police officer. I think many of you know that. And, um, you know, so I come at this from probably a different perspective than a lot of you. Uh, and like, I know a lot of you just have a, like a almost 100% instantiated distrust or dislike for police. Um, and again, I'm not here to tell you that you're wrong for that. Like that's your own, your own journey. But, but like, I don't have that obviously, you know, I mean, my dad loved him to death and, you know, and I, I, I grew up around a lot of cops and from my vantage as a kid of a cop and a white kid, I, I, they were great guys. You treated me great and good people. And so, you know, again, I, I'm not coming at this from like a, Oh, you know, like fuck the police and, the whole, you know, all police should burn. Like, I, I just don't believe that fundamentally. Uh, and I'm not saying that, again, I'm not trying to value judge anyone that's listening that thinks otherwise. But but I'm saying that, like, even with that, um, you know, my vantage here is, like, it's got to come from within, man. Like, there's always been a thing called the blue wall. We saw an action on that video. Um, you know, I'm not a prosecutor, but I don't see how those other three police officers that were there, two of which were also 
physically restraining him and putting their body weight on him shouldn't be charged as accessories at the minimum. Let's hope that happens. But, you know, I know a lot of really good cops, men and women, who aren't corrupt and aren't evil and aren't racist, but because of the nature of the police system, have felt either they had no choice or chose to turn a blind eye to bad actors um, out of protecting their own. And that's got to stop. Plain and simple. Full stop. That has to stop. The only way this will ever get better in terms of America's ability to trust police is for the police themselves to have zero tolerance for bad actors. And I'll leave you all to decide if that can ever happen, but that's what has to happen if this is going to ever get better, in my opinion. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, What I was going to chime in on was the fact that we admit that, uh, I mean, it's, it's open. It's right there. This is not about us, but it does include us because, because if, if you're a human being, you cannot sit idly by while injustice and murder and all is heaped upon fellow human beings. You cannot call yourself a human being while there, when there are other members of your group, which is the world being treated like this and, and destroyed and killed and not given the same opportunities as you. And you you just, you have to speak out and and take a stand Mm -hmm. because it's, we're all, we're all family. It's, it's all related. And if you don't see that, well, then you are part of the problem. And I know this is terrible for business, but uh, I know I speak for you both by saying I, you know, I can understand why some of you voted for the dude. I came to terms with that. I can understand if you felt like you did it and then you got hoodwinked. But, and I know we'll probably lose listeners for this, but if you on June 1st, 2020, are even an iota still happy with your decision to vote for that man, I want nothing to do with you in any way. Plain and simple. And I know it's black and white and it sounds cold, but it's it's just – I just think we're on different planes of existence. Yeah. You're taking and, my uh, stand against this. You're, you're, oh, you're uh, speaking well, I mean, in absolutes. Yeah, I, mean, I, uh, <laughs> I mean, this is not a new stance for me, but I don't know if no, it was yeah. on the show before. I, I, but I – you know, I again, I, I, I don't – We just I'll have stop. to update it every month. Well, I'll stop it saying like if you voted for this man, you're dead to me because I, I do think – in fact, we've had some people come forward – recently to us I, I do think there are people that just didn't understand or didn't heed the warnings right and they did it and i can forgive that like i can i've i voted for people i've i've subsequently thought oh that was dumb or that didn't work out um but three but plus years in, in yeah yeah with what's going on like as we're sitting here recording this um no nah, man i can't i can't uh i can't under like then then we're just different we're we're pretty much different like I said, we're from a different plane of existence. Yeah. I, I, I got to agree with you on that one. So. Yep. To the letter. And I know these aren't happy things, but. No. This is, you know. It's, uh, yeah. So what we can do is is you, you can. There's a bunch of awesome organizations that need your support that are floating around there. There are, I think, some really terrific resource articles. Uh, there's one on Medium. 75 a list of 75 things you can do there's also yes there's also um because i'm on the site right now ways you can help when you're done 
educate yourself. This doesn't go away once the topic isn't trending. You, uh, Black Lives Matter dot C A R R D dot C O. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Um, and to bring this around back to comics, as, as hard as that may be, um, if you really, I mean, if you're not a person of color and you're listening to this and you want to start listening, but you don't know how, maybe you live in an area that you just don't have many friends of color or whatever, for whatever, I'm not going to put qualifications there, but you just want to, you want to, you want to listen. There's a show done by our good friends called Culture Trappin'. And they're all comic nerds, but the show isn't about comics. It's about being black in America. And it's raw and it's real and they pull no punches. And I listen to it every time it's out. It's uh, They record it when they can. It's not like every week. It's probably once every three, four weeks, I'd say. But listen to that, you know, because those same men that do that podcast and I'm recommending to played a big role in the last 10, 15 years in helping me understand the realities of, 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 of what's actually happening. And, uh, and and like and like Dap said, you know that that website is great, and and there are some awesome, a lot of comic creators are trying to help where they can. Uh, a bunch the last few days have done a cool thing where, if you if you provide them proof of donation to one of these organizations on that site that Dap mentioned, uh, they were doing four by six sketches for free as gifts to people who donated, which is awesome, and uh, and there's lots of other creators offering similar quid pro quos or whatnot not that you should need a a kickback to make a donation for something like this but 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 it's a nice gesture for sure um so yeah man like just uh what can you say right black lives matter that's that's, you can just you say it with pride right don't don't put any fucking qualifications around it you know that's right so yeah take care of yourselves for sure yeah we'll help if we can we're gonna try, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. The world. I mean, the world. We're fortunate that the world still has good people and people out there making things to entertain us and help distract us. Ironically, during all this weekend, I actually the times I was distracted were thanks to comics because, um, you know, comic art fans, which is uh, I know you two know it, but comic art fans is a website run by a gentleman named Bill Cox. It is the the main go-to site for comic art collectors to post their wares. Um, it, it's pretty much an addiction for me. Uh, I'm there every day. And there are... It's amazing. It's an awesome, awesome site. And I've, I've tried, actually tried to get Bill to come on the show to do an interview before, but he's pretty shy about that stuff. Um, but they... Uh, because there's been no cons for most of the year and probably won't be for the rest of the year. Um, they put on a virtual con this weekend that was solely focused on comic art and it was called comic art live. And it was uh, Saturday and Sunday, the 30th and 31st. And I thought it was awesome. I really did. Um, listen, virtual cons are never going to come close to, <laughs> to the, uh, to the fun of, of, of a, of a live con because so much of that is the, intimacy of interacting with friends and creators that you enjoy uh directly so so it's it's virtually it's not exactly the same but but it's certainly better than nothing and i give them a lot of credit for putting it together the way they did basically at um 10 a.m on saturday if you were a member of calf like if you were a paying member 
Um, it's kind of like uh, getting press badges or VIP badges at a con. If you if you had the if you had this this if you had the uh, golden ticket, you could go into the site at 10 a.m. And if you were uh, a non-member, you had to wait until noon. But then the floor, the, the the hall, the hallway doors opened for you, and uh, it was like a regular con. There was an artist alley where lots of artists had uh, pages set up that you could search by type or name or whatever, and they had details about commissions that they were taking. There uh, were exhibitor halls with dealers, where dealers had, and the cool part is that if you're on CAF as much as I am, it's like going through uh, the back issue bins at your LCS where you start seeing a lot of the same inventory over and over again. But in this case, there were thousands of new pieces of art uh, that, that had never been seen before. And they also were great because it ranged from like the super high end stuff. I mean, there were pages for hundreds of thousands of dollars that had never been seen, but all the way down to stuff for like 10 bucks. So really any price point, you could have found cool art. Um, and then there were panels and they didn't overdo it. They had basically one panel at a time. And they had the panels live on both Facebook and YouTube simultaneously. So you could pick your your, your preferred mechanism to watch it. Um, and uh, they were awesome, just like a con. I mean, they ranged from panels about collecting to interviews. Um, probably the one that I enjoyed the most and sat through the whole thing was a one-on-one chat with Mike Allred from his man cave in his house. Sweet. It was awesome, man. Like... Uh, I didn't realize that he was a, a a journalist. He was a reporter, and he was um, he decided to do his first comic while he was like abroad covering a news desk. Um, I had no idea, but uh, he's a cr- like he's a crazed collector of all kinds of things. I mean, guitars, lunch boxes memorabilia toys i mean he's just got the collector bug as bad as any of us have ever had uh and frankly let's be honest he has the money to support those collector habits <laughs> um but yeah i thought he was very engaging honest to answer every question definitely held my attention for over an hour um so it was neat man i just wanted to give him a thumbs up to uh to the idea of of comic art live um you know whether or not virtual cons or at least a virtual aspect of cons becomes a a new thing that's a part of our lives remains to be seen because who knows what the world will look like in a year. Um, but I just think that uh, given the effort, it was pretty neat. And a bunch of our friends were involved. I mean, uh, Cadence Palo was involved. Um, uh, Splash Page Art was involved. So it was uh, very well done. And I give a big thumbs up for the first effort. Nice. That's great. D- did you buy anything? What do you think? Uh, well, I, I I asked that for the listener. I, I already knew. I did, yeah. Not a, not a ton, though, really. Not a ton. Um, and, and part of that, honestly, is because a lot of what was being offered is stuff I already have. Like, a lot of the artists that were doing commissions are artists I have commissioned before. And I don't generally commission from an artist multiple times unless they're a good friend. <laughs> well, I know you're laughing. Unless they're a good friend. Or if I'm if I'm seeing them, like like I don't like, so I don't if I already have a piece from someone, I don't need to, like just out of the blue commission them again if I think I'm going to see them at a con again. So, um, but I did, uh, but I did commission a couple pieces, um, yeah. So uh, I think I commissioned four things. 
That is a little, a little low for you. Yeah. It it is. It is. But that's all right though. Well, I think you have more than enough, but <laughs> Does he though? My my opinion doesn't really matter in this instance. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, never enough. There's always more art. That's true. That's true. It's, it's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I created uh, a monster, by the way. You did with the two. Uh, Justin, how many Justin, monsters did you create? Is what you should be asked. Justin is is a uh, he's man. He he goes toe to toe with me. He, he goes toe to toe with me these days. Uh, and and there are days where it's like he'll he'll snag someone. He's like, yo, I just picked this guy up. Which I said, you might want to get in on this. I already got three from him. It's like, hey, thanks for giving me room, bro. I'm like, you know, <laughs> does he have does, does he have any space on the list left? Can I can I get something from him? Listen, it's Shit. pretty cool, and I have to shout out to pay- the patrons on this. We have an art channel on the Patreon, and a lot of our patrons that support us uh, at the Slack tier also are art collectors. And uh, I, I sang the praises of Victor Santos and and his books, Polar, uh, what, maybe a month or two ago, right? And I then went on a quest, a spirit quest, to track down Victor Santos' art. It first led me to Michael Oming and Takisoma because they were well Oming and Santos were artistic collaborators with the Mice Templar. And so they had on their site, on Oming's site, they had a few Victor Santos uh commissions, like pre-done pinups. So at first I thought, oh, maybe they rep him or maybe they sell his stuff here in the States. So I bought a John Wick piece from them that he did. And reached out, and then actually Takisomo was very kind and, and wrote back to me. We had an exchange, and they don't rep him; they're just friends with him. And they had some pieces in inventory to sell if, if, whatever. But she put me on to how I could get in touch with him. I subsequently found his art rep. You know, he's repped by a gallery in France, in Paris. Bought a page from Polar, beautiful splash page from Polar that I had to wait two months for because of COVID, but it has since arrived this week, and it's beautiful. And then in between that finding the gallery and the rep, I then was able to contact him directly and very accessible, very, very gregarious dude and um, commissioned him for what I thought to be insanely inexpensive rates, given his caliber of talent for two pieces, uh, but then told all of our crew about it. And it was like the floodgates opened. And uh, and then I went back and got two more and now I'm getting another but he told me that he got so many orders through my letting people know how to reach him that he was overwhelmed, like almost 50 people, like almost 50 pieces. Yeah. And that just warms my heart, just like it warmed my heart when Rug told us that we sold a lot of aphrodisiac or Pisker told us we sold a lot of hip hop family tree or whatever, you know, or um, hopefully we're going to help. Our friends like Matthew Allison sell a lot of canker when it comes out. This just warmed my heart because to me, Victor Santos has already made it, right? He's an incredibly accomplished artist that's published both his own creator-owned work that he writes to and stuff that he's been for hire for almost 20 years. Dude sold his property polar to a net, to Netflix and made a mint that they just made a movie with it with uh, Mads Michelson as the, as the lead. And so you would think dude doesn't need help selling his commission work. So the fact that we were able to help him, you know, sell freaking half of a century of pieces in a week and a half or two weeks 
uh, it just is just I'm overjoyed with that. It makes me so happy. Yeah, he's he's got the goods. I looked at a lot of those pieces. And it's like my goodness. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. And and he's he, he is he's he's incredibly inexpensive for 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 what's on the page. And um, he's uh, he's got a couple ideas for me that he's uh, he's dwelling on. Um, so I'll uh, and since he is like Jason says, he is he is overseas. So. Um, it's it's one of those situations where why why would you just want one item shipped? You you, you kind of maybe should go for two or three pieces. Or the baker's doesn't like Justin, but the um, double dip baby. It's, <laughs> so uh, yeah, there there's there's um. So yeah, so so since we're not going to any cons, uh, poor enough for heroes. There's um, we'll. Uh, I, I I gotta get some art, and I gotta I gotta get back in touch with um. I, he we agreed on it. I just want to make sure that it's still happening. But um, Johnny D was supposed to uh, continue the um, the the Spidey trend from uh, the last time we were at Heroes. So I want to finalize that, um, and I want to um I'm gonna go through Twitter and see because uh, I I do want to donate some of these causes, and I'll um. Hit you up later for for the list of well, I'll just go into the other uh, Slack and find out who you guys were hitting up for that. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, you got to do what you can, and and Jason's definitely making up for lost time with the lack of face to face interaction with 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 artists this year. So <laughs> I've had my own con this year. Yeah, seriously, I am definitely the odd man out. It's never been your thing, though. No, but even in the things that are, I look around and I say, I, I think I have enough. Un- unless a, a real gem I d- comes no, across I d- my field of vision. It's like, do I really need another one of this? I, well, wait a minute. You're an artist yourself. It's never about need with art. But I, uh, I got it once. It's about I, well, you, passion to have it. Sure, you I'm, could tell I'm, yourself that. Um, but I'm right. I'm right in between you two because Vince, up until up until a couple of weeks ago, I was quite content. I'm like, well, then you know, I just I don't. I mean, Jason, I mean, he 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 and Justin are always giving Cliff and I shit because it's like you know, hey, you guys still in this art <laughs> channel or is it just like you know, like you just here for the skin? So it's um, I I've, I was fine. I was absolutely fine. I was like, fuck it. I, I don't have any frames right now. I can't even, if, no matter what comes in, it's going to be a minute before I can get on the wall. So I, I was really in no rush and just, I just woke up and I was like, listen, maybe I should just get something. I mean, dude, I got one piece this year and Vince, you fucking have it. So it's not like I, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, 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 I have anything for this year. So, um, but I, I definitely get where you're coming from, Vince. I, I for for a long time, for 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 many months into this year, I was like, I'll just I'll live vicarious with Jason. I'll 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 enjoy. You know, I'm I'm enjoying what what these guys are getting. I'm happy for them. I I don't need anything. Uh, but I woke up and I was like, man, it. I think he could probably kill something like this if I thought about it. So sure. And who, I mean, if, if Matt Wagner wants to do a piece for you, you do, you get it, right? <laughs> yes. No, I mean, I, that that's a no-brainer. If Richard Corbin wanted to do a piece for me, I would get it too. But uh, maybe it's just a product of age. I, I, I don't know. 
Uh, it's just no, that. because and, 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 the, most of the biggest, most manic collectors on the earth are your age or older. Well, I mean, maybe it's part of where I am in my particular sure, life. But, sure, okay. but yeah. I, and, and part of it is um, knowing that uh, from past performance, knowing that I do have a tendency to leap over the line. Um, when I was heavy into vinyls, I was spending in thousands a month on vinyl. And I just, uh, a lot of it has since been sold, but I just, I think it, I, I had a ton of stuff, but how many pieces were truly great? And, you know, maybe one in, in five were great. But I just kept buying anyway because you get that bug. You get that I gotta have more, and I gotta put. It's it's at this point it's that that has very very little value to me. But I'm not poo pooing anybody who does find value in it. Great if you have the money and you want to buy stuff, go nuts. I I'm, I love y'all, and I, I I think it's both awesome and a little bit terrifying the amount of art uh-huh. that Jason has. <laughs> it's just wow. I think it is a. Uh, I mean, let's be totally honest. If yeah. you hung each piece gallery style, allowing for the the appropriate amount of space between images <laughs> on the wall, sure. you would need a space three times the size of your house. Oh, uh, at least right. <laughs> but, well, I mean, I own I own over eight hundred pieces. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. it's you know, Kevin, you got nothing on Kevin Eastman. Right? I, I, no, yeah, wait. I said listen, that wrong. First of all, of course it's an addiction. Like, obviously, th- 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 that's – it's like a hoarder saying that they have a few things stacked up in a room. I, I mean, I get it. Like, I, there, there's no denying it's addiction. And, and like, with any addict, you, you find ways to justify it in the sense that um, the old, oh, well, I'd rather be addicted to this than, than, than crystal meth, right? Um <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. What I'm saying yeah, is like, it's it's true. Like, like any addict or person with addictive personalities, what you have to do is in many times find a, an outlet for your addictive behavior, right? That's not self-destructive. Um, so to your point about the litmus test, I guess to me it's always do I truly do I truly get joy from both the process and the end result? And I always figured that at some point, if that ends like it did with collecting back issues, because I was right there with y'all digging in the in the back issues, both in terms of filling runs in and collecting high grade copies of books for a long time and spent a lot of money to do it. Um, And I just lost the bug. I just lost it, just went away. And kind of like what you said with vinyls, Vince, I just I've, I've I've gotten rid of a lot of the high end books that I owned to fund art. And um, I'm in no rush to get rid of the key runs that I own because of the nostalgia of them, not for any monetary reason. Yeah. But I mean, I would happily get rid of 90% of my single issues tomorrow if I had them properly organized and could find a good home for them, you know. So, and and I was as passionate about that as I, I, I I've ever been in terms of a addictive behavior. Um, so I totally accept it at some point. I may just get tired of the art game. It may be the hustle. It may be the prices. It may be my place in life and and our financial goals. Otherwise, I don't know. But as of right now, it is neither a financial burden. (laughs) No, I mean, well, you laugh, but but a lot of people that collect art, and ironically, a lot of them now are millionaires because of their 
behavior um, were irresponsible financially in it. Yeah. You know, like the guys that are guys like Romita man and Will Gabriel and all those guys that have these multi-million dollar collections. Now um, they'll tell you when they were buying stuff in the eighties and nineties, they were beg borrowing and stealing and, and maxing out credit cards to buy pieces. Right. Which was absolutely terrible behavior. And I'm sure for every one of those guys who ended up parlaying it into amazing collections worth a fortune, a lot of other people probably deeply regret that kind of behavior. So my point is, is so it's not like a financially destructive behavior, right? It's not like I just keep – I know it may not seem like it to you, but but there are so many net, molt, like like rungs of collecting that I could move up in terms of like the types of pieces I covet or right. the, and I just don't do it. I don't allow myself to do it because I do, for me, it's mainly about the joy I get from discovering new artists. I try, I, I get incredible joy in having pieces commissioned from someone and then they get signed by Felix or they get signed by inky knuckles or they, they're there. They get on a hot book and people are just clamoring for their stuff and, it's like, oh, I, I mean, I wish I could get a piece from them. And I'm thinking I got one three years ago. You know, I take great pleasure in that. And then two, I just think it's incredibly fun to see different interpretations of characters or motifs that I love. And that never gets old. And you know, because we're honest about it, if I go to a con and I buy 40 pieces there is going to be a handful that are busted. Sure. And we're going to laugh about it. And I'm but never, that's just and I'm the law gonna, of averages. And I'm going to be like, oh, uh, you know, and I'll look back on it in my collection. But I will say, for those wondering, like, to Vince's point, most of my art clearly isn't hung up. But I go through, I mean, I'm looking right now, all of my art is sitting 10 feet away from me uh, in portfolios. And I go through those portfolios all the time. Like, multiple times a week, I'll just pick one up and just leaf through it. And uh, it's fun, because <laughs> I don't have Alzheimer's, but... There's a lot of times that I'll be like, "Oh shit, I forgot about this piece," you know. And I'll I'm be like, sure awesome. you do. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, and so I just take it's just great, great joy and pleasure to me, um, right. and it's genuine. And I mean, even with this this COVID, I mean, I've I've commissioned a tremendous amount of art during this COVID, and and it's just it's just so fun interacting with the artists and seeing them get excited about a piece, and then getting you know whether it be a rough layout or the finished piece hits Instagram and. At this point, I'll have 50 people DM me saying, dude, look at this piece. I assume it's yours because it's Domino or something. Um, and that whole thing is just fun, man. It's just it's the same joy that I get from talking comics with y'all. It's the same joy I got digging through the crates at the LCS when I was 15, becoming an addict with other locals. And you'd see them on Wednesday and be like, oh, what's up, man? You all know each other. It's the same communal joy Um only it's probably like a hundred times more exciting to me than it was digging for back issues. Right. Because it's well, of a kind. I think buying art in the current climate is very important because you're providing a service that extends beyond the norm. You're, you're helping people out who may have lost their regular jobs or, you know, uh, have fallen on hard times, but just because of everything that's happening, I think it's it's crucial to stay in the game for someone on your level right now because you're helping out. In a, in addition to feeding your your need for art and uh giving money to someone who, you know, has to eat, 
it, it's, it's ex- especially crucial now because times are tight. A lot of people not working. And if you could help them out, that's great. So I'm not going to poo-poo on you doing it now. You buy as much art as you want. <laughs> nah. Yeah. I've seen you shake your head in disgust so many times at a con. Yeah, it happens. And then he'll not drool disgust, over a piece of fire. More like, then... like consternate. Like, it's yeah. Disgust. It's more like bafflement. It, it, it truly is. Um, I mean, I, I don't question anything you do. Well, whatever you see fit to, to however you want to guide your life and, and spend your money, that's fine by me because I love you. But I just try and put myself, as with anything, I try and put myself in the place of the person I'm I'm witnessing. And I'd be like, there's no way that I would I would buy that much art. It's No. <laughs> And, but and it's not me. I, I, yeah, right? I mean, I have to say, I, I, I also have, for a long while, I didn't really care or get any satisfaction from other people's collecting. Um, maybe with the exception of Dap, because we were like partners trying to go around back when he, like, you know, in, no, in the early days, like when you were yeah. first starting to buy some art. Um, but the last few years and i think a large part because of the show and the community and 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 a lot of art collectors coming to the forefront of our of our friend group and whatnot i have now taken immense joy in seeing other people secure art that i know makes them happy whether it be a key cover from the silver age that they've been coveting for their whole lives or someone like a brian clark who has the same kind of uh obsessive love for certain characters like Usagi Yujimbo, like I do with Domino, right? Or um, every time I see a, uh, a, a a Lady Snowblood commission or a, or a, a Magic commission, I, you know, I know Cliff's going to geek out about it. Or uh, every time I see a Winter Soldier, you know, or something, I know that, or, or a Crow, I know that it's, Justin's either probably ordered it or it's something he would love to have. Like that is, that has become really fun to me. And, and I will say that uh, on the, the, let's say, the higher-end hardcore collectors, I mean, I've become, much like you do with the with the comics world, like I've become friendly with a lot of them, you know, and through CAF and through cons and things like getting to know Felix. And so there's a lot of that camaraderie, too. When I see a new piece on CAF from one of those guys in their collections and I see it and I know there's a story behind it and I'll ping them and say, oh, man, you finally got that piece or, or oh, that's an amazing piece. Like, how did you get it? And hearing the story of the quest for how they landed it and what they had to trade to get it. Like all of that stuff just fascinates me. I love it. Yeah. The quest is as good, if not better than the actual score to me. Well, we do it with back issue bins. We do yeah. it with di- bin that's, Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I tried to make that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The quest is, is a humongous part yeah, of it. Uh, absolutely humongous part of it. Yeah. yeah. There, there's one area of fandom that I share your um, got to catch them all fervor and that's with fan scenes like when we yeah. hit when we hit ad house and chris pitzer's got the box there i'll go through the thing if i don't have it i'm buying it and when david and i are scouring the back issue bins i cannot pass up a fanzine that i don't have mm-hmm. comic fanzine pulp fanzine if i don't have it it's coming home with me i i did some soul searching and i think obviously comics are number one but rivaling comics for my my favorite, com- my passionate collecting uh, area is fanzines. They're a, a crucial part 
of of my they and they have always been of my mm-hmm. my collecting habits my my they most form you my fondest memories they help make me nudge me into areas um that I would never have explored otherwise like I have a complete run of the comics journal uh, will I read them again probably not maybe no, I, one or two here or there but but I have them right and it, it, I can always go back and pick out a copy of Comics Reader or um, even stuff like the Monster Times. They had a, a, a robust comics uh, s- uh, sections. And I can go back through these things and I, it brings me right back to the period in time. It's like I'm that many years old again and I'm looking at this stuff fresh. Um, yeah, I absolutely cannot get enough fanzines. So I do yes. understand and, and, and I'm 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 elated that I get to be, I can, I can stand next to Vince, and go through the boxes, and 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 we could take turns and and hopscotch over each other because he already went through that box. Now it's my turn, and then that later that afternoon I can walk up and down the alley with with Jason, and and we can go looking at art and, and yeah, the um. But Dap, I mean, Dap and I have the system. If I'm going through a box and I find something I think he'll like, yeah, I'll pull yeah, it, and he does yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So it's like having two heads. Yeah, and you know when you're at a con, timing is you everything. Need all the yeah, and you yeah. Need all the eyes you can get. If 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 it only takes a couple seconds for somebody to hit a box before you, like screw politeness, I'll nudge in front of somebody I see going for a box, no problem. <laughs> But well, uh, a handicapped person looking through some boxes, yo. Yeah, and I'll just I'll I'll give him the eye. He'll be like, "What?" And I'll show it to him. Nah. And we have this this nonverbal system. That's, that's a just a little nod. Yeah, yeah, it's the best thing. <laughs> and I gotta I I do have to give it up to Jason though, because while he was perusing um, the pre-show on uh, on calf over the weekend, he um, he did let me know. That there was, uh, I don't know who Shannon is, and I don't know why they gave it up, but uh, there was a Chris Somney fully, fully done Nexus commission with Judah, and they were at like the carnival with the with, with the mallet for the you know how hard can you hit the bell, and it was a beautiful piece. Um, obviously, it's not mine now, but um, you know I I absolutely loved it. He's still he he he's probably Jason's probably gonna know that you know listen he's not it's more than twenty five dollars he's probably not gonna you know, click the link but he he he's still there letting me know here's a lobo for you bro so yeah man uh, yeah that's the one tough thing about art OA is that it's easy to pull out a back issue from the dollar bins and be like. <laughs> Yo, you got to get this. Oh, word, I'll get it. <laughs> it's different when you're like, yo, you got to buy the Somni piece. <laughs> so, yeah. But listen, I mean, one of these days you'll right place, right time. And admittedly, if we were at a con, you would have had budget. Yeah. You would oh, be yeah. in the mindset to pick up a few pieces. So that would have been 100% serendipity. Um, so it didn't quite work out. But, uh, you know, say love That sounds sweet. It was a nice. Piece. It was a beautiful piece. I, 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 have to so, say, I mean, it's Somni. It looks so much. I, I, I almost didn't re- realize it was a Somni piece until I looked at the signature. It was yeah, it was so one of those things like. where I, I, I don't know. I don't know the seller in question. Um, 
I, I, I have to think that he could have very easily gotten two, three times that with eBay or comic link and two like sure. without much effort. I, um, and what I suspect happened is, which happens all the time with these things is like, like your Albert Moyes and your Romita man's and your Donnelly's one of them probably just scooped it up for that price. And we'll just put it in their inventory. And when someone's looking for a Somni commission, <laughs> they'll sell it for whatever the going rate is probably a G, you know, in a year or two, just they'll just have their inventory until then. Cause that's what, you know, they have, they, they have the mud, they have the budget to just inventory stuff and, and wait for it to have a market. So, uh, Hats off to them for having the the big nut the big nuts to uh <laughs> to just buy whatever the hell they want. Grapefruits. Okay, wow. so should we talk on some comics? I mean, yeah. Why don't you guys speak on uh, the book I see you both read that I already lovingly did a deep dive in some time ago? Sweet. Okay. Well, I just glanced at the I'm list. I'm going to get another drink while you start this. Please. And it does look like David and I read the same thing, which is awesome. Um, it was uh, written and drawn by Guillaume Singelin, published by First Second Books, and it's called PTSD. Uh, full disclosure, as I said at the, the top of the episode, I had a real hard time finding something to read. Uh, for this episode, I, I started multiple things. I was, I read some, I tried to read some Grimjack, uh, thinking, wow. oh, yeah, nice. you know, just thinking, you know, old home week, it, it, Grimjack has oh, to yeah, click, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, nah, I just, I just wasn't feeling it. I started reading, um, and I thought, wait, well, let me see. I'll, I'll bring an anthology to the table because I have to find something within this anthology that I love. And I, I, I do love it because, um, the arcane comics fly in my eye anthologies i have them all so i just picked the first volume john bolton steve Bissett, um matt howarth i'm gonna vibe on this i'm gonna bring it to the show i didn't get 10 pages into it i just wasn't feeling it so i thought what in the hell am i gonna read to just bring it and um three pages into ptsd it clicked this is what i was supposed to read for this episode um, not because of any any theme or subject matter. It just it, it it's a very uh, it's a very emo- emotional tale. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of emotions flying around in it, but uh, it, it's a very simple premise. Um, mm-hmm. A young lady named June, uh, a veteran, did her time in the army. She was a, uh, a sniper, a marksman, and um, she was like the mother hen of her unit. She would watch over them as they did their little maneuvers and they were in enemy territory. She would make sure from her vantage point above them in the tree with the sniper rifle that she would um, protect them and make sure that, that her people were safe. Uh, oh, and, got her eye on them. Yeah, and she saw a lot of, a lot of death, a lot of bloodshed uh, to the point where as she was protecting them, uh, she was hit by enemy fire and disabled to the point where she lost her eye. Uh, and while she was struggling to get her gun to defend her 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 buddies, her unit got massacred. And she was airlifted out and brought back to, um, quote, society and had a hard time integrating, a very difficult time. Um, she's pretty messed up and, and was on medication to uh, 
stem her not only PTSD, but she had the shakes and and uh, her hands didn't work like they normally did because of the amount of drugs she was taking to to um, squelch the uprising of all those horrible memories from the war. And so she's living on the streets and she distanced herself not only from society, but from the various strata of society. Like she wasn't even, she didn't even integrate with the, with the street people. She was just this lone wolf um, trying to fend for herself and just pushing everyone away. Uh, and she got addicted to the the medication and um it, it was a, a vietnam slash korea type situation uh dense jungle war and uh when she returned uh it's same old song and dance right that we unfortunately hear many times she was just uh, f- forgotten when she got back she served her country she did her duty and when she returned it's like okay we're done with you just throw some medication at at the the vets, and you know, well, they'll be they're easily replaced. There's more kids coming in, so you know the mill the, continues, and um, so she's on the street, and she's addicted to these these painkillers and 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 other medications. And unfortunately, the the healthcare system in her country is not great, and she's she's obtaining these drugs from gangs and and um, thieves and cheats and um they're using all of their uh, energy to manipulate and profit from her uh pain and um she just uh, falls asleep one night in front of a, a ramen shop and she wakes up and there's a, a little little man little boy you know, <laughs> smiling in her face, and his his name was Bao. Poking with a stick. Yeah, his name was Bao, and his mom, uh, Leonia, was the the woman who recent. She's a cook, chef. Recently opened the uh, the ramen shop, and she takes it. Come on, she takes her in, and 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 she feeds her. And June is not opening up, but she's more receptive to this woman's offer than she had been to to other other people but uh as with many difficult emotional situations leonia doesn't really know the right assemblage of words to not trigger the emotions and she's you know she just says you know was it bad and and june just freaks out what do you think of course it was bad she just leaves um, you know, b- very bad uh, interaction, uh, but th- where the book takes a, a, a very strange turn is the sympathy that I, as a reader, had for June and everything she experienced started to the the the, the link started to fray a little bit because she uh, gets very violent with the gang members. Yes, an injustice is being perpetrated on her and her people, veterans, by these gangs, and it trickles up to the government itself. Like, they just don't care. And so she she kills. She kills gang members. She's like uh, uh, maybe a, a female punisher in a sense. She's very good in combat situations. And she uses that to her advantage. She She kills 
she's in stealing medication from um, a a front. It was a, a like a food truck type thing, uh, but they would dispense medication there for a profit. She steals the medication and kills one of the guys. So the gang has a vendetta against her, which the fallout of which includes all the people around her. So there are people people getting hurt and killed because June transgressed in the gang sense and it just starts this mini war and a lot of the characters are 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 brought in are sucked into it and um it's pretty touch and go with a couple characters that are i thought were very lovable um so it just shows you that things have a way of spiraling out of control and and sucking people into the vacuum that um are innocent you know uh, i thought it was just a a great book in that it gave me a glimpse into something again like the past couple of weeks that it should be addressed you know it these are people june especially who have lost faith in everything their beliefs their country their their themselves um and they're disavowed uh, the the uh shop owner uh, Leonia, uh, her husband just just left, left her. She's a single mom. Just left her with with little Bao, just because he's a, an asshole, right? She she was uh, uh, abandoned by her her spouse. June was abandoned by her government. Um, it's it, it's it's a it's a slice of life book, and it's amazingly illustrated by uh, Guillaume Singelin. The the art is just impeccable. Uh, Jason likened it to uh, Stoko. I see a lot of um, Mickey Zakili in it, but it's a more reined in Mickey Zakili. Uh, it, it's um, big, big eye, you know, very wide eyed characters, most of them. Um, and you could just get to see how war affects people. Uh, June um, interacts with this older gentleman. His name's Gray. And he's he was beat, beaten up by the by his time in the service, and he's not in good shape, and he just sequestered himself away from people. Um, the animals benefited, benefited from it because he he takes strays in and all different kinds of animals, and you know he he feeds them and takes care of them. So he's he's performing a a, a valuable function, but he just doesn't. He's just had it with people, and um, he imparts a lesson to june like don't do what i did you gotta face your past you gotta face what happened to you you'll never you'll never develop or mature not mature you'll never continue as a as a human organism without facing all the bad shit that happened you didn't come to terms with it and it's just it's a wonderful wonderful book uh there is a an air of optimism to it too towards the end uh, that i thought was much needed but i i was i was just captivated by it it's very very real it uh single and just sucks you into this world and um uh parts are a little too real but like june you got to face it because this is stuff that that happens to these people um david did you love it i okay love is I can't absolutely say I loved it because of the subject matter. 
because of um, uh, I I am very it's weird this is one of the times where I can there's there's absolutely no bones about I have no I have no argument I can I have no ground to stand on if someone wants to call me a dick because of how I feel about people who do things to themselves and I know that they don't have any control over it I know that that they're reacting or behaving a certain way because of things that were done to them they they have they're not purposely being mean or hurtful or they, they, they just can't accept that. And, and cause June cannot accept the help from so many people in this story for the most part. And I so much want to grab her by the shoulders and just shake her and explain to her that you are loved. People care about you. They don't want you to hurt yourself, but, but, but you can't help people who don't want to help themselves. And, and, and she hasn't gotten to that point yet. And, and you see it happen. I love the fact that it happens in this book. I, I, I like the way her story is told and, and, and how it resolves by the end of this book. And, and, and I, I definitely appreciate the skill involved in telling this story. And, and, and I'm not, I, there's absolutely no reason. There's no way I can make light of the story of the subject matter, but I, I, I knew I was going to be asked if I loved this or because I know Jason did. I know that obviously you did. So I have to normally I'd say, yeah. Oh yeah. No, it was great. It was great. I absolutely loved it. And, but it, because of what's on these pages, I, it's difficult for me to say I loved it. And, and, it's because of how the story made me feel and which is the kudos to Guillaume for, for, for telling a story like this, because I, I was, I sat down, I read this and, and I was on an emotional roller coaster for, for 200 odd pages. I was just, I, I was angry. I was, I knew why I knew why I was angry and I knew why she was acting this way. And, um, you know, I, I, my father-in-law is a vet, suffers from PTSD. I, I, I've, I've seen it, so I know that it, it's. I know it's not. I know it's something very serious, and to see it on this page, in this, in, in, in this fictional setting, um, didn't make it any easier. It, it, it didn't, it didn't lighten the mood at all. It's, it's, uh, it is a very. Uh, when I say cartoony, I don't mean in the peanut sense, but it is, it's, it's a very, it actually, the art reminds me, um, and this is a poor comparison and I'm, I, I, I know that, but I just, I saw this and I just kept thinking of Ponyo. I'm like, I, I just, the, the, the way the jaws and, and, and the chins and the faces are, are, are drawn, it reminds me of, of, um, of the anime, but I, to answer your question, Vince, I, I I definitely appreciated the story. I I I liked it. I was moved by it. I I liked it a lot more than I thought I would have, based on how it began. By the time I got to the end of it, I I, yeah. I one of the elements that I I thought was very refreshing was that 
here's a young lady who's taught to kill. She's yep. uh, she's a crack shot, and that's her function within her unit. Um, but a calamity occurs, and they're very short on medical personnel. And the doc, the the field doctor, brings her in and says, "I'm I only have two hands. You got to help me out here." So uh, she helps, and in and she teaches him how to shoot, while he teaches her how to heal. And that's yeah. and that's what she brings back from the war is. She retains that killing ability, obviously, but her function is not so much to take lives, but to save them. Because there's a point in the story where she turns a corner and she she finds more value in helping people, even though it's a rocky road, because she's gained a reputation at this point as being a you know crazy lady and, and a killer, and bad stuff um, orbits her. Uh, people stay away from her, but she manages to coax a few into her care, and then that few becomes more and more. Where she gets um, the reputation has changed from uh, war torn, ravaged young lady who only kills to this person who is here to help, and and that's the the takeaway from it. Yeah, she does some borderline despicable things um i'm not talking about with her killing the gang members but with her just beating up people early in the book just because she's enraged uh right. ju- just knocking the shit bloodying people just because she can um but you got to understand that rage takes a, a a lot of forms right um sure. and i don't think she was uh, i know based on what uh singleton has detailed I know she wasn't in her right mind when she was doing it. Right. Because as, as she gets, quote, better, she abandons a lot of the violence after she's <laughs> done, after she did what she had to do with the gang members. You know, once she puts that behind her and she saves the innocents that gravitate or that live around her, she uh realizes that that's really no way to live and yeah. and progresses in a different direction I, um yeah i got a lot out of this and I, it, it was uh the tonic i guess uh because you see actual growth actual development within the story yep and 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 it doesn't it, it's it doesn't talk down to the reader it it basically you know it 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 lays everything out you know she's obviously she she wasn't born this way you know she was because because even with her her comrades in arms you know she you know she wasn't bitter she didn't bite back at them it was it's just she's this is based on 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 her present circumstance her environment and 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 of course because the system just spits them out and and that's that in itself is just i mean i i can be livid about that for on on a whole different level yeah and it was nice that he set the war in a Vietnam type setting, which yeah. says, which says to me that th- her government used her as a tool to uh, for their foreign wars. Right, that to me is is not just well. Uh, who am I to say I've never served in the in the military? But if in, in 
if my country's being threatened, hell yeah, I'm going to fight for it. But send me over to Iraq and Afghanistan to serve the interests of people who really don't have my best interests at heart, whether it be for oil or, 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 or imperialism, whatever. I'm unlikely to join up for that, right? Because people sure. are so, our tools of governments are so easily manipulated that, yeah, just send the military over to, to Vietnam, we'll kick the shit out of them and come home. That's not doing anybody back home any good other than the people that are in power. Right. Right? Uh, Mrs. McGillicuddy down the street's not going to lose, you know, her, her shop because of something going on a couple thousand miles away. But it was neat well, that yeah. they did that, that, that Guillaume was... did that to, to show that she's been plucked out of normal existence serving powers that do not have any of her best interests at heart. And sure. it shows yeah. when she comes home. Yes. And, and there's, um, there was one, there was one part that threw me because they said sympathy a couple of times, but she was in the army. Gray was in the army. And, and I'm like, wait, that's, that's, I mean, as, as an American, I'm like, well, that's, that's usually just reserved for the Marines. So I don't, I, I usually reserved for the Marines. And it, it just, obviously based on the setting and everybody in this book, they're not in America. So it's not, it's right. obviously doesn't necessarily mean it's reserved for, um, for the Marines in, in this world. There's one page I, I had to take a screenshot of it because I, I, it made me smile and, and it actually, it, it's just, it's, this is the page that we kind of all need to hear, read, understand. And, and it's, it's when, um, Leanna and bow are, um, she tells Bao, we, we won't make any money, but we can't let those people down. What do you think bow? And, and, and he's like, hey, everybody needs to eat. Like when you helped June, and and she says yes. So are we going to go visit them? Yep. Once we're done cooking, we'll go say hello. And she tells her son it's important to share, not so that, not so you can get something in return, but because it's the right thing to do. And I just, it's yeah. That's I, page one seventeen, and I already pulled it for the gallery. That's awesome. I, yeah. I I just I'm like there's just I. I don't understand why. It, no, I mean it. it it's it, it. It goes back decades and generations. And and but I mean the the, the whole. And I don't mean to to loop us back, but it it is just part of that whole generation of that 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 sense of entitlement that you know well, what do I get out of it and 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 well I, you know I did this and you know why are, they didn't do anything why why are they getting something and I just I. I, I fucking hate that mindset and i i it it makes me so fucking angry and for for it's right here on the page i mean a child gets it like why 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 do we grow out of it why what what the people who bring up the next generation why like i mean i i I don't know if we can go back to whether or not uh, because people aren't fucking spanked anymore i don't i don't know where 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 the line I don't know where things deviated from. I just, I don't get it. I, I'm sorry. Well, no, it's an important sequence because it, uh, Leonia is doing it right. She's she's teaching her child the right way, right? If if you nurture a child on hate, they're going to grow up to hate. Absolutely. Right. It's so so. It's That's very important as the guiding force in a child's life to nudge 
them down the right road. But it's also balanced by the fact that there are many times in the book that Leonia says, am I doing this just because it makes me feel good? Or is this what I should be doing? Am I doing it because it's the right thing to do? Or am I doing it so people look at me and say, yeah, she's a good person. Yeah. You know what? She's all right. She helps out. So she's questioning her motives for helping. But I think that's that's okay if you question your motives for helping. If the end result's the same, you're helping. Whether you question yourself or not is, in my mind, irrelevant. You're you're helping, so you're helping. whatever reason you're doing it for, yeah, yeah, you're you're at least doing something good. So again, there's a lot of. This... And Leona never gives up on her. No, I just, no. You know, she never. I mean, she she's like, you know, I'll give you your space. You know, you 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 need to lash out or whatever. That's fine, but but she never says, you know, she she never says, you know, you hurt me or or why didn't you know I I I tried to do something for you. She's just like fuck it, you know, that's you got to go through your shit. And yeah, I think the attraction goes beyond someone doing uh, good for another. Yeah, that's kind of implied towards the end. Yeah, yeah. But that's okay. Right? Again, whatever reason you got, the the finish line is is still the same in both instances. So whatever. Uh, But no, this is a this is a a, a really masterfully done book. Uh, Jason, you were gonna say something? I was just gonna say that I I am uh elated that uh you both dove in on it and also that uh you know like you said vince the nice thing about it is i it's been a while since i read it is that i just remember that it is a a book that ends on a i think unexpectedly nice high note um, yeah. Yeah, which nice. you don't think is going to be the case exactly much of the book um and uh for those who are curious about my thoughts although they, they largely echo my booze uh but i know some of you are uh masochistic and like to go back and listen to old episodes repeatedly <laughs> um i broke this down in episode 601 way back in april of last year nice yeah i'm done hiding my head in the sand as far as uh treading into areas that i usually don't because uh, okay. because it um facing such realities uh makes me feel and okay. I, oh, I, I was, yeah. I wasn't very willing to do that, uh, but that's a piss poor way to live. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's, my, an, here's an off the cuff question. Yeah. Um, you know, normally we're used to seeing each other for long weekends at cons, and we do try and get together a few other times over the course of the year. And I think we agree we never get together as much as we plan on or would like to. Sure. So, what do you think is the most likely scenario for when we next? Three of us get together. Well, I, I don't have high hopes for New York. No, I, I, I don't agree. see. Have, I don't see. No, no. Not, I, I still think we will get together. Um, whether it's at whether it's at Jason's house, whether it's um, yeah. If I don't see it before Christmas, I'm done. I'm out. I'm oh, I'm, I'm 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 thinking October, even without New York. House yeah, I was going to say. I mean, I mean, right now, and we'll put aside our own views about whether this is the right timeline. But right now, things are unlocking. Right? I mean, New Jersey, which was statistically speaking one of the hardest hit places in the world, um, is now allowing gatherings of twenty five people or less. 
um, socially distant, but but nevertheless, uh, New York City is officially beginning its reopening phase or, uh, beginning of next week. Uh, again, it's baby steps, but it's it's starting, and that was the last. That will be the last zone in New York State to have begun its unlocking. Um, so, putting aside, of course, we we don't know that there won't be a second wave that will change all the trajectories here. But if there isn't a second wave, or more likely, if the governments are unwilling to shut back down during a second wave, um, I, I I mean, I know it seems like oh, geez, October, but, but I mean, we're already in June. Yeah, we're already in June, and it's only been three months since this all started. <laughs> I mean, so so uh, the world's going to feel a lot different in three months, um, and hopefully for the better. Uh, so, yeah, it would seem pretty – again, it would be hard for me to imagine going to a con in three months. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it would be hard for me to imagine us getting together in the next few months. Let's just hope we can cross state lines in three months. Oh, <laughs> our oh, yeah, states are all sympatico, to, though. You guys left to quarantine for fourteen days after you see me. Our, the, also, uh, our states are all sympatico, though. Oh. Yeah, I mean we're all, we all border each other. Um, I think we're all in the same mindset with that. But yeah, maybe I mean, that's the direction if, we're heading. maybe what? Maybe that's the direction we're heading. Like multiple state, like sovereign states. I don't know. Like when you play this out, right? If it's futurist, like maybe that's maybe they're they'll be the right. I mean, there, it seems like we're pretty there's a there's a pretty divergent line between two different viewpoints in the country now. It would maybe that's how this all ends. Straight DMZ. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, well, especially if um, <clears throat> the shipbird has a problem leaving. No, that's what I mean, right? I mean, maybe, maybe yeah. that's you know, how the fuck can you uh, have a problem leaving though? Under under no no him okay. him if, if, no if, that's if, what I mean. How you're done? You, you're, no, well, dude. Have you seen what he's been fucking doing for the past three years? Yes. You think he's really yes he's willingly said, said every fascist ever, right? I mean, I mean that's <laughs> he's not leaving willingly. I mean, Hitler and Mussolini were both loses. duly elected as well, right? I mean, well, yeah. Well, then, yeah. I don't want to say anything. Fucking man, baby's gonna be kicking and screaming. I mean, let's not forget. Out. Let's not forget. Adolf Hitler was actually elected. Yeah, he was elected. <laughs> like he didn't become the most heinous world leader in our lifetimes, or, or at least in modern history. Uh, not our lifetimes, but but modern history. Uh, uh, before the election, it was after he was in power. Right. I'm just saying. But yeah, I sincerely uh, hope it doesn't come to that, and I'm not saying it is, but I'm just. But you know, I, we can be prepared. At this point, who the fuck and, knows? I don't, I, I don't know. We have enough fiction to, to know how we should proceed. Um, I mean, listen, real talk though, real talk. I'll be, I'm, I'll be long gone if that happens because because I live in a town where a secret bunker. I mean, I'm gonna have, got, you know, no, all no, I know. I'm gonna have to get out of where I live, which will be annexed to his side, and every one of my neighbors will. It'll be like it'll be like the purge night. Every one of my neighbors with their with their arsenal of weapons that they need to have because God forbid someone jaywalks in our town with zero percent crime rate, but they all have seventy two AR fifteen stocked in their in their basement. We'll all go hunting for the Wood Clan as we try and make our escape happily. Well, be, they don't have to hunt. You got nothing but fucking windows all around your house, oh, dude. I, I know. I picked the wrong house to live in for being someone that's that's an enemy of the state. I I, I have a 
house on the hill with gigantic glass windows all across it. It's not a good look for safety purposes. <laughs> but I, and I nary, definitely... And nary a weapon other than make like a, a compound bow. So maybe I can make like uh, like Daryl and uh, take out a few before they get to us. <laughs> there you go. The um, No, I definitely see us. I mean, they've already... Um, I know every year we say it, or I say it, that, you know, oh, you know, I'm only working till noon on Fridays. I can hop on a train and we'll meet Jason's job. And, but um, we, we, we're we not doing flex Fridays this year. We don't have flex weeks um, this summer. But obviously, I still, I pulled my my June dates for Heroes because there's no point. In it. I don't need that many consecutive days off because I was they were wrapped around the weekend. So um, I have the vacation time. I, 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 no matter what's going on, um, on the East coast, as long as, um, things are open, uh, or again, even if we just meet at a house, then, uh, but I'm definitely seeing you guys in the fall. No doubt. If not, if not, by dude, the I want to go to quiet man to get lit, dude, I can't wait. They fucking, they, they teased because they were like, so if we reopen for takeout, who would be, you know, what would you like to see on the menu? I'm like, fucking everything. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I've been, I've had frequent every restaurants I haven't tried before. I'm trying now because you fuckers aren't open. So, but I mean, Whiskey River's on point. You got, oh, um, Vince, I'm Gleason's, a little, uh, I tried the first little Poughkeepsie, uh, bar crawl. Peekskill. Peekskill bar crawl. Nice. Dude, every, well, we used to, whether it was, um, New Year's, Valentine's, uh, St. Patrick's, Halloween date. Does they don't need a reason, but they always have the bar crawls on a Saturday, and 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 they have the map, and and it's. I mean, it's it's not a it's not like you're not straying more than a couple of blocks away. There's What's like, uh, you know, what bar do uh, Blair and to- and Tootie and 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 Joe hang out at? They're still underage. But if, if well, they were underage on the show. They they, they, they uh, they're old as fuck now, though. I mean, old as fuck now. Um, hey, they're dude, not—they're not, they're not old as fuck. <laughs> they're like vintage. Oh, Tootie, <laughs> I, you know, Tootie can catch it. The, uh, um, <sighs> they would probably—I can see him at the Quiet Man. Quiet Man or Glee? That's right. All right. Anyway, yes, let's move on. I got—I got—I got something else to talk about, Vince. Good. Oh, he did find something. You read something. I did. Yeah, I did. I did actually. Um, I forgot. I actually, read this the other day. Well, because it's not really quite a comic, but I did order it through through DCB service, and it did come in my uh, my shipment this past week, along with the previews. It was nice, nice shipment. Uh, and I alluded to it in my intro. I just wanted something escapist, and so I unwrapped the. And I said Vince would appreciate this. Maybe you even ordered it yourself. The Mega Man. Robot Master Field Guide. <laughs> I I think I ordered that from Mia. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Mega Man now, is Mia's was... favorite thing ever. Uh, yes, that's true. Um, this is by Udon, not surprisingly, um, and Capcom, of course. And it is uh, a very it's digest sized hardcover, spot varnish on the front. Always gotta love the spot varnish. And it is uh, essentially an Ohatmu for all of the characters in the Mega Man video game universe. It uh, is 132 pages, one character per page, 
And it is fantastic. <laughs> you get the pixelated name of the character along with their number, if it's applicable, their weapon and their weaknesses. You also get uh, little images of what they looked like in the game in their first version, as well as whether uh, which which evil doctor they were associated with. Then you get a uh, a new illustration, a la Ohatmu style, of the character in the uh, the center of each page. Uh, you get a in the circle illustration. You get um, what Mega Man looks like when he's copying their weapon, which is awesome. Then you get your intro, and then a pull quote. And uh, it's absolutely glorious. It's glorious, and it goes all the way. It's it, the last. Um, all right, let's 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 test him in. He's he's a, a self-professed Mega Man. Oh, Mark, no, no, <laughs> I no. I I alphabetically, what would you? What's the? What would you? Can you take a guess as to what the last robot would be alphabetically? I don't know, Zeta Man. I I don't know. Okay. Uh, Yamato Man. Ah, nice, nice. Well, Mio probably would have answered that in a second. She knows all the Robot Masters, blah, blah, blah. I just watch and and, and laugh because she plays probably two, Mega Man 2, over and over and over again. I I may be getting the number wrong, but there's one game that she says is the best. She doesn't like too many towards the end of the streak. But like the early ones are her favorite. She has vinyls and figurines all over her desk. I pick them up for whenever I can. Um, yeah, I, but it's me. I just I live vicariously through her. I'm not going to remember all those guys. Okay, you know what number Mega Man is? What number? Yeah, a lot of the, most of the robots are numbered. No idea. Number one. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I guess that rock would be so number then- one. Is there any? Is there any that predate him? Oh, I don't know. There's just I don't know. Doctor Zero Proto Man. Okay. Then comes Roll, and then you get all the villains from the different video games. Um, Mia. Then you've also no. She'll tell me that this character's name is this in Japanese, and it's this in in America. Like I, I just smile and nod. Yeah, man, it's dope. It really is. You got Woodman, you got Swordman, you got Strike Man, who I introduced myself as, uh, Magic Man. It's just it, it just warms my heart. Yeah, I will I say love, love the Udon has amazing production values on their books. It's wonderfully produced. It's yeah. it's everything I'd hope for. It's 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 a it's a hardcover Mega Man Ohatmu, and and I love the the structure of it. That it's one page per character, and every page is is. I don't know if they're all actually drawn by the same artist, but they all are exactly in the same aesthetic. So it just looks consistent throughout. Um, no, it's it's fantastic. I, I just it's it's exactly what the doctor ordered, just escapist, nostalgic fun. Um, so yeah, definitely two thumbs up to uh, to Udon for uh, for doing this. And then they also have I should have mentioned they have bios on the uh, uh, or like I should say infographics about all the uh, like I said the robot numbers, the weapons that they each have used, and then there were. Bios for all the key humans. You Doctor Light. You got your Doctor Wily, uh, and then um, they allude to a few projects, like like to come. Um, so yeah, it was it, it's great. It's absolutely great. Awesome. And apparently, it's it's apparently this it's this is the updated edition, 
So there must be a prior edition of this that I just never knew existed. That's another thing about Udon. They like to update their, their art books and stuff, which is great. Just like Ohatbu, right? Yeah. Got to keep updating when the continuity changes. Apparently, just like uh, the Super Sons, because uh, I have the, the, um, Sons? <laughs> I, I have the, the omnibus that came out a couple years ago. And apparently, according to... Um, I haven't gotten very far in the previews or, or looked at the um, the digital DC previews yet or DC Connect. Um, but according to the uh, EO Slackers, they, um, there's an expanded hardcover Super Sons omnibus, which is exactly the same goddamn thing I have on my shelf, plus the 12-issue miniseries The Adventures of the Super Sons by Tomasi and... Um, Barbieri that that was that came out last year. So if you missed it the first time around, definitely get it because I'd recommend it. Um, I'm I'm fine with what I have, but yeah, that's that boggles. I mean, there isn't enough Super Sons content to warrant two volumes anyway. So I get it, right, right. But you know, it's still okay. Great if you can get it. Great if 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 I'm happy with what I got, but. And I definitely recommend the expanded edition if you can. But you, you, you talking about updating shit just made me think of that. Nice. Cool. All right. Oh, we're done? I don't know. Are we? Well, I had, I, I, I had something else besides. Well, shoot the, it in the, in the hoop. Um, as I was straightening up, cleaning up, trying to um, make sense of this mess uh, and, and work my way to assemble some care packages i found a stack of things that i had off to the side um that i hadn't gotten around to reading yet and i finally got around to reading them um and that includes from 1995 december 1995 for the first issue and then um the last three issues wrapped up um in march but uh it is the mask world tour which I had never read before. And it's basically the mass crossing over with the Dark Horse Heroes. Um, for those of you unfamiliar with the Dark Horse Heroes, it's basically X and Ghost and a few other characters that, and barbed wire. Um, and that's that. That's kind of really all you need to know because uh, no one really cares about the machine. But um, this four-issue miniseries is written by Robert Warren Fleming with Gary Erskine on art. And... Um, Gary's got his his style here. It's a little bit of Doug Monkey, and I'm not really sure, based on the time frame, if that's just Gary or if because Doug is so synonymous with the mask initially um, that they were just trying to maybe go with that look. Um, but this is it's 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 definitely a mask story it it's more reminiscent of the mask that i like more so than um the uh pledge allegiance to the mask that came out a few months ago um we start off with the uh, with a heist a, a a vault robbery and uh this dude ends up finding the mask in one of the boxes and and uh and wears it and ends up um, dipping through a vortex. And in the vortex, the vortex is basically the bridge to 
the world that um, uh, the Dark Horse heroes live in, um, which is basically uh, was a Steel Harbor, um, Golden City, and Arcadia. Um, so, so when um, the mass shows up on this side of, of, of the world, the vortex is, is, is at a, um, an army base and, uh, general Blair is the person, um, in charge of it. Uh, he's ready to, um, call it quits and he's going to nest. He plunge into the vortex. Uh, and that's when he meets the mask and ends up with the mask himself. And then because he has a problem with, those three areas he he considers um steel harbor as the id arcadia as the ego and golden city as the super ego and and so this general just he seems to have a real hard on against these locations and 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 the heroes that live there so basically the four issues is just um the mask going through these three areas taking on the heroes like ghosts like x um like Tiger King, um, having his way with them, making the jokes. Uh, there's there's some not so pop culture references. There's there's a lot of uh, there's some apocalypse now. Um, there's some visual gags, some sight gags. Uh, everything kind of goes back to place into place by the uh, by the end of it. But it it's um, covers by Kevin McGuire. It's you know this, I, I I'm not going to go into detail on on it um, page by page. It's it's a mass story, so it's it can be it's it's batshit crazy. Um, I'm not going to say it's a mess. It, it 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 it's it's a cool story. I, I, I like what Fleming was doing, and and I think he's got a pretty good. Uh, even though it's not Stanley Ipkiss, it's not any of the people you're familiar with from the mass universe. Once someone gets possession of big head um kind of writes itself so it, it it definitely feels like a mask story uh the heroes were just there to be the butt of jokes and um and mocked and he definitely did that it, it's a mask story it's not it, it's not like the dark horse heroes invaded the masks territory it, it, it's the other way around so it's definitely a mask story and he um he's in charge and 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 he does what he needs to do, but um, it was entertaining. It, it, it was it was a lot more fun than I expected. Uh, it, it's um, it, it, it it's a neat little story in the mask, um, the tapestry, but it it doesn't uh, doesn't quite make it to the level of mask or um, the mask strikes back. As, as far as I'm concerned, I, th- those are the that's. That's what you got to come next to. That, that, that's what you got to work your way towards. Um, if you want me to appreciate a, a, a mask story, I'm, I'm I guess, the, a purist in that regard when it comes to the character and those stories. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I had a lot of fun. And this was actually a, a, a gift from many moons ago, I think. I, I, I apologize if, if I'm wrong. I believe it was from um, Zach Davis a while ago. So. Thank you so very much for that. I'm glad I finally got to read them. Um, so yeah, that was. Uh, I, I I don't I completely passed him by. I never knew this even existed. So, um, but this is back from an era when Dark Horse had ads inside 
the comic, not just relegated to to the back few pages. And and this was an era when you had um, Tarzan versus Predator. Uh, there were ads for um, for some really interesting stories that uh, like I I I didn't know that that Tarzan and John Carter were Lord of Mars had a uh, had a crossover. Oh but hell yeah. yeah! Yeah, yeah that I, was that? I, I, it's great. Uh, that's uh, Brett Blevins. It is Brett Blevins. Yeah. Yes. It's, yeah. Uh, I, I was I was really happy to see Brett. Um, Come on, son. I'm not going to read I, a Tarzan I, book. John Carter, just, yeah, uh, Bruce Jones and Brett Blevins, yeah. You wound uh, me. Really cool cover, really nice. Yeah, cover. it's they're great. Um, but this, uh, there's, uh, it is, yeah, there was a, uh, there's an ad for John Byrne because uh, they have his, his uh, trade paperbacks, his back issues for Babe and Babe Two and Next Men, um, and apparently he, I did not know he, uh, he did an Alien story. Yeah. It was serialized I, in that Dark Horse freebie they used to give out. Oh, at the comic shops? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. What was it called? Earth um, Earth Angel or something? Uh, yes, Earth Angel. Yes, yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Um, but yeah, I was, I was enjoying looking at the, um, checking out the ads in it. There was uh, Grendel Tales, Devil May Care. Um, the, oh man, the Star Wars, the, Boba Fett, Bounty on Barcoda. There's, I mean, the, the ads are great because they 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 take me back. Because I also realized things that I missed back in the um in the mid nineties, like this Ghost and the Shadow crossover. Yeah, a one shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was, I mean, this this was a neat little little trip down um the memory lane as far as the the ads and and the era. But the, like I said, the story was new to me and and. And Doug, I'm glad I got to uh, glad I got to read it. Erskine's art is um, I it, it's I really like the art in this. It's yeah, um, Gary's great. No, oh, yes, absolutely. But uh, and it and and fa- this, I guess they were capitalizing on any popularity the mask had, and because this was right around the same time as the Mask Adventures, which was based on the cartoon, which was based on the movie. Um, but the next miniseries following world tour was um the mask southern discomfort which is brought to you by rich hedden roach mill fame mm-hmm. um goran Delic and james sinclair covers are by hot newcomer kyle hotz and um the, they, they have the cover of the first issue and it's basically um the mask down in the bayou and it, it, it it's a freaky looking uh Freaky looking cover, but yeah, I, I have not read um, Southern Discomfort either. I really didn't know that they um, they tried to go buck wild with the mask like that. If I had a list of most desired omnibus editions, Roach Mill would be on it. Absolutely, hundred yeah. percent cosign, no doubt. Yep. Anytime I see any any Dark Horse presents any collected editions, anything with Roach Mill on it, I grab it. Yep. Even if I already have them. Absolutely. I'm like, well, this one looks like it's a little bit better condition than the one I already have. <laughs> it's probably not, but I mean, you know, I'll buy it anyway. Especially collected editions of Roach Mill. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how many times I've read the first story. It's crazy. Yep. And it, it got really dark. 
I mean, it started off as a goofy slapstick kind of comedy thing with with some serious elements, but there mm-hmm. was a stretch that it got very dark. When they were doing the uh, black and white with the gray gray covers, that yeah. little run, yeah, nasty. But yeah, I love Hedden and, and McWeeny. Their issues of Turtles are great. I read those. Yeah, I think they did th- like Veach. I think they did maybe three in the run, two or three. Yeah, that's when Eastman and Laird were just like, "Fuck it, let it," you know, bring everybody in. Michael Zuli did a bunch, and and yeah. I knew Zuli did. All right. Well, I think we've said our piece more than uh, sufficiently. Uh, remember, everybody, this episode has been brought to you by our patrons. They uh, support us, they're there for us, and they're there for you too because by them giving, you also get. So if you want to check it out, and elevate everyone go to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics and uh we'd love to have you in your travels um my wad has been shotteth i have (laughs) i have nothing else um for this episode i will just say though uh do the right thing be good be good to everyone around you and just uh try and help out and and realize that's it. That's all I got. Damn, part of me wants to just say, well, then I'll just. What I'll else can you, Yeah, what else can you say? And I'll just, yeah. I'll, I'll save this for our next new travels. Okay. Um, well, I. This was a spur of the moment episode, so I'm going to spur of the moment throw something new out there for, uh, for, for our, our listeners interested. It's something we did back. God, years ago when we had the uh, the old forums, I don't know if it was Zach who created it, but I feel like Zach was like the driving force of it. Crusade, and that is, yeah. Oh, it's got to suck is, then. That is an EOC book club, like like prose book. Oh, nice. Yes, down with it. Yes, um, I'm. I'm. This is off the cuff, so I'm. I will have to see about structure, but I'm thinking just like a traditional book club once a month. Um, we'll have some kind of forum to talk about it. Maybe we'll do the Zoom or something, you know, whatever. There's a, we'll figure out the best mechanism. Um, it also depends on turnout, but like, I know my wife has been doing their book club, um, that they normally do in person on Zoom each, each time. And it seems like you can have up to, like, it seems like they can have, a, you can have a lot of people, like, they have 15, 20 people doing it. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, and to kick it off, to kind of circle back to, what um you know how we started the show which wasn't talking comics but talking much more real much more painful and frankly much more difficult things for us to really have any kind of uh I, I, it's fair to say we're experts in comics i think it's also fair to say the stuff we talked about in the beginning we are far from experts on um but i um i have recommended uh tanahasi coates's uh between the world and me before on the show Back when he was first hired at Marvel, I mentioned how much that book was worth reading. Um, that was from 2015. Um, but since it's a book club that I'm launching here ad hoc, I'd like it to be a book I haven't read yet. So uh, I do recommend that book. But in keeping with all this, uh, I am going to recommend that our first book is uh, The New Jim Crow. 
uh, Mass Incarceration, The Age of Colorblindness by Michelle Alexander. Full disclosure, uh, this book is being recommended in the category of how can you help? Well, a lot of people are saying read this book. Uh, because of that, even Amazon is sold out right now. But uh, it, for you Kindlers, I, I bought the Kindle version today. Um, so I will post in the Slack and the Facebook group and we'll come on the show once we get the tales ironed out about a date and a format. But uh, let's just assume in the next few weeks we will get together for those interested and read and discuss that book. And uh, I'll take it upon myself, I guess, to be the book club organizer, at least his first time out, and have some discussion topics and that sort of thing. Although, again, if this is to have legs, I'd like to think that we can do a rotation and have people kind of lead a conversation if it's the book that they're bringing to the table. But one more time, uh, in your travels, uh, get yourself a copy digitally or paper of The New Jim Crow, Mass Incarceration in the Age of Colorblindness by Michelle Alexander. Very good idea, the, even if you are springboarding off crappy Crusade's idea. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if he, Dap, you remember, I don't know if Zach was the creator of the book club. It, may have, it may have been um, Farrell and uh, Dave Lucy. Okay, yeah, I, I oh, know Zach cool. was a, a big Because a big then they, proponent they also it, went but... and did their own, um, they did Bunkhouse. Right, they did their, right, They had right. their podcast. Um, along but, that, and this isn't, I'm, 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 I'm not stealing any thunder there but but you made always stealing my fucking thunder I, i'm i tried to that's uh, what he does gotta make myself look good by you know using other people's shoulders the uh there's a um i read an article this morning uh there was a link to a facebook post a woman who's a uh airline hostess she uh she noticed uh, she's a black woman she noticed a white passenger reading a book called white fragility why it's so hard for white people to talk about racism by Robin D'Angelo. And yes. the person I also reading bought it, that today, by the way, I, I, I have it. I, I, I bought that, um, because Amazon is sold out on that paperback as well. Uh, but the person reading it was actually the CEO of American airlines. And so they had a discussion, um, very heartfelt, very moving, but, um, now I'll, I'll add your book to the library as well. And if we're going to do a book club on that, I haven't started white fragility yet. I'll read your recommendation before I, I and I know it, it'd be stupid to do back to back book clubs on that. I just, I, it, as far as, you know, how we can help or how we can start to try to see eye to eye on things. I, I maybe there, you know, a, a, yeah. A one, two yeah, punch, I, but yeah, I mean, and there's another, uh, I will post it in the, in the links, but there is an article that was actually created back in 2017, because again, this isn't a new thing, people, but uh, but I think for a lot of us, unfortunately, I guess, uh, but better late than never, we're, we're exposed to it recently, and that is on Medium, um, give credit to the author, because I've seen the link all over the place, and I've shared it, but I, I haven't seen the author get credit, uh, Corinne uh, Shutak, uh, back in August 2017, wrote an article um, on Medium in the equality section of Medium. Uh, the article was entitled 75 Things White People Can Do for Racial Justice. And it's exactly what it says. It is a list of 75 actionable things. And these are actionable things, meaning like things that you, the average person, can do without having to like completely change your existence. You, you, These are like things you would – like read this book, read this article, donate to this – 
write your congressman about this. It's very actionable, reasonable things that you can do that will help. And uh, and I bring it up not only because is it, it in and of itself is worth reading, but uh, but but they mention a number of of uh, of books that that uh, are part of the list. Um, uh, Tanahasi's article "Case for Reparations" is on it. Um, Between the World and Me is on it. Um, the New Jim Crow is on it, uh, as are a number of other books. Uh, People's History for of the United States by Howard Zinn, which I also own. Um, a book I'm not familiar with and I don't own, uh, Caught by Marie Gottschalk. Uh, Orange is the New Black, which many of you know from the Netflix show. Uh, Color of Law, uh, The 1619 Project. But uh, I will post a link to this article. Uh, but yeah, it looks, uh, you know, again, this is, I think, a great way to... Uh, uh, we are ultimately about comics, and we're going to talk a lot about comics. We'll continue to, but but uh, for me, if, if generally speaking, if I'm going to read uh, and discuss a prose work, it's going to have to be something that's not comic-y. Um, I, you know, because I, I, I don't I don't find the time to read a lot of um, you know summer pulpy science fiction or horror prose books anymore because i just we read a lot of comics and uh so generally when i'm going to read a book it's it's something um in a different form or uh whether it be history or nonfiction. and so let's give this a try and again listen we we come up with ideas a lot of times sometimes they stick sometimes they don't but uh this will all be about momentum if if this first one has a good participation and we're vibing on it then we'll keep going and and if it doesn't, then, uh, you know, still, we all hopefully read a very informative book and talked about it. Right. Yep. Love it. Okay. Uh, remember, next month's book of the month is the Judge Dread Case Files Volume 5. Yes. Finally. Yes. It, I, don't, I don't know if it's still in print. I don't know if you can get a thick-ass paperback copy, but it is available from 2008 from rebellion's website um as a pdf or a cbz i believe but yeah it's it's that's the version you can grab you can read along for free it won't cost you anything to read along with the book of the club book of the month this month it's a good deal hell of a good deal yeah and uh that's it for us if you want more of the eoc experience go to facebook reddit twitter and instagram um, check out our Patreon page forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Come back next episode because we'll have a little surprise for you. And uh, in the meantime, say goodnight. Make it short and sweet. David. Good night. You said short and sweet, right? I did. David. There you go. We love you, people. We do. So much. Yeah. All of it. And uh, we'll see you, or you'll hear us next time. Thank you for listening. <laughs>